Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Marriage Today podcast. And we're talking today about freedom from your past. I'm Jimmy Evans. This is my wife, Karen. Karen, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited about this. Well, we're going to talk about the issue of iniquities. Uh Uh, This is what I'm going to be teaching on here in just a minute. But an iniquity means a tendency toward a sin because of the sins of your parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deuteronomy, God says, I'm going to visit the iniquities of the fathers, and it means mothers and fathers, parents, upon the children to the third and fourth generation. And this is what we find. And so when you and I got married, uh, we both had iniquities from our families. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, And so in my case, one of the biggest iniquities I had was chauvinism. I grew up in a family where the men were dominant. Right. All the men were dominant. And so that's what I tried to do to you, mm-hmm. is to, to dominate you. <laughs> and But it, was a, it wasn't just a sin that was in me. It was a sin that was taught to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's what an iniquity means. Uh, the word iniquity means to bend or twist. And it literally just means a bent. And so, you know, people uh, listening to this right now or watching this right now, you can see in your own life mm-hmm. tendencies, negativity, prejudice, mm-hmm. uh, racism, mm-hmm. sexism, uh, pride. We can all sin on our own without our parents, mm-hmm. but iniquities are a stronger type of sin. It's a generationally entrenched sin. Well, not only that, is it the same thing as like diseases too like you know if your family has a history of yeah. cancer or yeah. like our our family our issues were more anger and um, probably a critical spirit you know yeah. and anger and so I was raised like that but then also think about how many times Satan takes opportunity with those tendencies and he plants things in us like thoughts of that are not true. Right. So it starts building those strongholds and not only is it iniquity, but you've got strongholds that you've built through your childhood of this is the way life is, this is the, I, I'll never forget the time that a friend of mine said, Karen, you do know that's not normal. It's like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, when you're raised in something that's yeah. all you've raised in, you don't know that that's not normal right. until you see what normal really is supposed to be and especially through the word of God. And, you know, and that's the whole thing with Jesus. He wants us to be set free. That's right. You know, and that's, that's what he's here for, is for us to be set free from things of our past. Well, the problem, if, if, when you have an iniquity, and mm-hmm. we both had, I've never met a person that didn't have iniquities. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not one single person. Everybody has them. Because our parents are imperfect. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's no such thing as perfect parents. And so we're going to talk about how to be set free uh, from iniquities. But here's the problem if you don't deal with your iniquities. You pass them on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if your parents uh, were, had imperfect parents. Mm-hmm. Your grandparents were imperfect. Mm-hmm. And because of that, both your parents had bents. Mm-hmm. Uh, pride, one of the biggest, biggest issues in our family was pride. Very, very strong-willed, proud people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I had, I had to break Stubborn. That. Stubborn, well, mm-hmm. and so what happens is, you and, and racism, one of the things that I, thank God, I didn't inherit from mm-hmm, my family was racism. Huge uh, problem with racism in my family. You, you have this bent, and your children grow up that environment. They then get that bent. They give it to their children. 
And what we did, Karen, and what we're encouraging every person to do that's watching us, we made a decision. Mm -hmm. When we heard this teaching, we were in our 20s. We were the end of all Evans and Smith iniquities. Exactly. And the Bible says, you know, that he visits the sins of the fathers to the children of the third and fourth mm -hmm. generation, but righteousness to a thousand generations. And what we uh, decided was we were going to break the iniquities mm -hmm. from our past mm -hmm. and we were going to be the beginning of righteousness to a thousand generations. And now our children and our grandchildren have different lives. Mm -hmm. Th this is a teaching that won't just change your life, it will change your family for generations. Yeah, it's I powerful. Agree. So we're going to go to this teaching now on iniquities. I also want to say, th this being the year end, remember uh, XO Marriage in your giving. And so as you're thinking about, you know, where to give and whatever, we're a ministry, we're a nonprofit ministry. We go all over the world helping people in their marriages. When you invest in us, you're not just investing in your own marriage, you're investing in the marriages of many other people. You can go on xomarriage.com forward slash give and make a year-end gift. God bless you. Here's the teaching. This teaching, uh, it set uh, Karen and I free when we were in our early 20s or really later 20s, 27 or 28 years old. We were, we were a mess. I mean, we got saved and... Yeah, we got married at 19 years old. I got saved a week before we got married. And let me tell you, I was a mess. And uh, we were both messes, but I was the bigger mess. And, uh, you know, we loved the Lord and we went to church and we, you know, slugged life out and tried to get through it. But what we were actually doing that we didn't realize is we were dragging baggage from generations, not just our mom and dad, but generations of our family, and we didn't even realize it. So, the baggage that we carry in in marriage, you know, I do a lot of marriage teaching. You know, you talk about, you know, bringing baggage into your marriage. Well, the worst part is, is when two people bring in baggage. You know, then you have a family and you have a family full of baggage or a church and, you know, all the people in church are full of baggage or you go to work and everybody's got baggage. But think about a life without baggage. Think about living your life. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that we could be free from our past, so that we could live the future that God wants us to have. But think about living your life free from all of that baggage. And I want to say, Karen and I have lived that kind of a life. Not until we were in our 20s did we ever realize it. Really, until our 30s or 40s did we ever really fully realize it. But today, we wake up and we don't, we don't have any negative impact from the way we were raised, from generation that went before us. And we have the bloodline blessing within our family that God wants us to have, but we're not special. Uh, how many of you know that we're all God's favorites? He has no favorites. We're all his favorites. So every single one of us get the same blessings. And so I want to talk about being free from your past. I'm going to talk about several issues. And the first is iniquities. Now, I had never heard this before in my life, uh, but I have never met a Christian person who didn't have a multiple number of iniquities in their lives. And again, this is baggage. These are things that, are, that we bring from our past that we shouldn't, but we do because we don't know any better. But once you get free from these iniquities, it just changes your life forever and that of your children and grandchildren. Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, this is where we learn about iniquities. And God says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers. And that word father there can mean father and mother. Fathers upon the children and the children's children 
to the third and fourth generation. And notice there it says uh, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. There are three different words that are used there basically for sin, but one of them is iniquity. The word iniquity is the Hebrew word avon, the Old Testament written in Hebrew. And so this word is A-V-O-N, but it's pronounced avon, and it means to bend or twist. If you've ever seen a tree that has been blown so hard for so long, it actually grows with a bent. That's what the, exactly what the word means. Rather than growing up righteously the way that we should, we were raised in an environment of sin. We were raised in an environment of unrighteousness. We were raised in an environment that was not biblical. And because we were raised in that and we were wet cement, which all children are, and our parents had more of an influence on us than any people in our lives, which they do. And so because of that, our parents, if they're not righteous, they bend us. And we grow up with a bent. We grow up with a tendency toward a sin or a negative behavior because of the way we were raised. Okay. So again, I've never met a person that didn't have a multiple number of iniquities. So uh, let me just give you an example of this. Pride, abuse. Now you would think that a person that had been abused would be the last person to abuse. They're the first person. Why? It's their archives. When we're children, our video and audio recorders are going all the time. Sometimes parents wish they weren't, but they are. Okay. Later on in life, when we're put under stress or we're put in a circumstance where we have to respond, guess what we rely on? We rely on those archives. So when a parent tells us how to resolve anger properly, we have an archive. When they don't, we have that archive too. When a parent tells us how to deal with people of the opposite sex correctly, we have that archive. But when they're sexist or chauvinistic or abusive, unfortunately, we have that archive too. When they're gracious and they know how to deal with anger properly and they're forgiving, we have that archive. They've taught us how to resolve conflict. When they don't, they yell, they scream, they throw, they fight. We have that archive too. So abuse, every type, verbal, physical, every type. Substance abuse, they, the way they deal with stress is to abuse substances. Divorce. Is a, is a tendency. Children of divorce have a higher divorce rate than children whose parents stayed together because they, they saw it. It becomes a tendency. Racism, sexism, prejudice, gossip, immorality, dishonesty, rebellion, stubbornness, legalism, spiritual pride, all of those kinds of things like that. So the question is, well, you, you know, say, Jimmy, can't we sin on our own without our parents' help? Of course we can because we all have a sin nature. But iniquities are generationally pre-programmed sins. In other words, these aren't just things that we're doing out of our flesh. These things are things that we might do ordinarily, but they're much more deeply entrenched because we witnessed it every single day of our lives. So when you're, when you're growing up in the midst of uh, unrighteousness and unbiblical behavior, and when you're, when you're looking at, you know, you're kind of going through the list and you're saying, well, I wonder if I have iniquities. Well, one of the ways that you know is you ask yourself the question, did my mom and dad practice the Bible? Okay. What makes you straight? The Bible. When you're raised righteously, you grow up like, there's no wind. There's no this. When you grow up according to the standard of the word of God, there's no bent because you have a righteous. So the question is, was I raised in a righteous environment? Well, my parents weren't Christians growing up. Now they said they were, but they weren't. Okay. They later received Christ. And so, but they weren't. 
And they were good people. They were moral people, hardworking people. But a lot of the things that I was exposed to growing up weren't right. And let me give you an example. Um, and, and Karen's maiden name was Smith, the Smith family. Now, Karen's family were yellers. They were yellers and throwers and just fit. They just had a fit. My family, we're a bunch of stoic Welsh people. And when we get mad, we do this. So when I grew up and we were mad at each other, we just didn't make eye contact for two or three days. No one said anything. Very seldom, maybe once or twice, because we were afraid of our emotions. We were not allowed to have emotions. We weren't allowed to have emotions when I grew up. So if you were happy, if you were sad, if you were angry, whatever, we were just very stoic people. So we would be furious at each other, and we just got quiet. And you knew how mad someone was because of how long they wouldn't look at you. Isn't that sick? Okay, well, Karen's family were just crazy. They're crazy people. So like a bunch of Italians, you know, they're just crazy. So, so I would go over to Karen's house, and they'd be screaming and crying and yelling. And five minutes later, they're all hugging and kissing and telling each other they love each other. It's like you people are crazy. So when Karen and I got married, she had anger issues. But the way that she dealt with her anger issues was emoting. You know, she would get mad and she would emote. Well, I got angry and I gave her the cool treatment for two or three days. We both had iniquities, but our iniquities met. And she would get mad at me, and I would go underground, and that would make her even madder, which I liked because that's the way we punished in my family. That's how you punish you is we're not going to talk to you. We're not going to look at you. And so the day came. So was, was the way that your family dealt with anger biblical? Was the way that your family dealt with people of other races, other religions, biblical? Was the way that your family dealt with money biblical? the way that your family dealt with substances. Was it biblical? And you go through there, and most of us, you know, you're not going to check every box, trust me. So you're going to get to a point of saying, I don't think so, iniquity. When, when you have unbiblical behavior, abusive, unrighteous, sinful behavior, it becomes a bent. And you say, well, do, do we always go the direction of the bent? No, I'll tell you about another response that we make that's even worse in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. But iniquities, it is this pre-programmed sin. So Karen and I heard this teaching when we were 27 or 28. And our kids, uh, Julie was born when we were 20, 20, and Brent was born when we were 23. So our kids were little. And here's what we said. We're the end of iniquities to every generation of Smith and Evans. 
every, every iniquity that has been accumulated for generations in our family that came through our parents to us, it ends right here. And we are not going to transfer iniquities to our children. We're going to transfer righteousness to a thousand generations. Anybody agree with that? And see, that's the ability that we have to live in the bloodline blessing of God. We don't have to bring the polluted bloodline and all of the bondages and iniquities because Jesus died to break those iniquities off our lives. But we have to appropriate it. Regardless of what Jesus did, it has to be appropriated by faith. How do you break iniquities? You confess it. Well, let me give you an example. Um, I come out of a family of chauvinism. Uh, we just believed in my family. It almost caused Karen and I to divorce. The women in our family were very docile and submissive in a bad way. The men were very strong and chauvinistic, and I liked that. Uh, growing up, I thought, that's of Jesus, and I want one of those. <laughs> and uh, I married Karen, but she didn't train very well, unfortunately. And uh, we had big problems. Because I was just a dyed-in-the-wool chauvinist. I believed that men were better than women. I did. I mean, I just thought, I'm Mr. Wonderful, and she just, she's so blessed to get to come along for the ride with Mr. Wonderful. Well, she didn't feel the same way because I was a chauvinist. And I had to come to the place of saying, God, I'm a chauvinist, forgive me. Now, see, my parents may have shown me that sin, my father, my grandfather, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's my sin now. Because it's an iniquity, they may be the ones that abuse me, but if I'm an abuser, it's my sin now. So I can't blame my parents for the rest of my life. I have to come to the point of saying, I have participated now in this family iniquity. Lord, forgive me. I repent. Repent means change your mind. Repent means to do an about face. And what it means is this. Sometimes you'll hear someone say like this. Well, this is just the way the Johnsons are. Well, I'm a Davis, and this is, the Davises have always been this way. Well, that's not the question. The question is, is Jesus that way? Because I don't want to be like the Evanses. I want to be like Jesus. I have not made the goal of my life to be like my ancestors. I've made the goal of my life to be like my Savior. Somebody say amen. I want to be like Jesus. Okay, so I come to this place of saying, this isn't like Jesus. This, this is not according to the standard. And I realized that I picked this up somewhere in my past. So I confess it. Second is I forgive my parents. Wh whoever, whoever it was that did this to me, I forgive them because I cannot get set free if I don't forgive. Now, my dad was uh, a bad father. He went, now, I led my dad to the Lord about 20 years before he died. He was the most precious man on earth. But growing up, he never touched me. He never touched me from the time I was three years old to the time I was 38 years old at my grandmother's funeral. Uh, when he touched me when I was three, he was mad at me. Um, he never talked to me. I would go, and when I say never, I mean I'd go to my dad, and I'd say, Daddy, what's two plus two? He'd say, I don't know. He'd come home from work. He had no interest in us. He was tired. And uh, I played sports, and I would go to my dad and say, Daddy, hey, I've got a basketball game today. I've got a football game today. I've got a baseball game today. Never came to one game in my entire childhood. And, you know, as a child, you just don't know how to deal with that. And, and I didn't know that it wasn't normal. I didn't know that all kids didn't have dads like that. But uh, when I grew up and became an adult, I realized that was not normal, and that was, that was bad. And so I was taught my dad had nine siblings, and he grew up in abject poverty. I never knew any of this. My dad couldn't talk. If you went up to my dad and said, Dad, tell me about your dad, he'd start crying. He couldn't, he couldn't say one word about his past. So my aunts uh, were talking to me one day, 
And they were just laughing and talking and kind of sharing stories about my dad's childhood. And they said, yeah, we slept outside every night. I said, you what? And they said, yeah, we never slept inside. There was just one room and we all let, we lived in the country. They were sharecroppers. My grandfather was a sharecropper. I said, you slept outside? They said, yeah, we slept on cots. In the wintertime, we slept with the horses. I said, my dad slept with the horses? He said, well, your dad never slept inside one day growing up until he was 18 years old. I said, seriously? They said, no, we never ate meat. We said, we ate meat once a week. It was during the Depression. So we couldn't eat meat. We didn't have any money. I said, my dad had meat once a week? He said, yeah. And they, said, and they started laughing like this was a funny story. And they said, yeah, when your dad was in first grade, he went to school without shoes on. They said, because none of us wore shoes. We didn't, didn't know people wore shoes. Uh, we, they just said, we didn't, know they were, we didn't know we were poor. We had nothing to judge it by. But in the first grade, your dad went to school uh, barefoot uh, with overalls on. And the kids started laughing at him because he didn't have shoes on. And he got embarrassed and went into the front of the school and grabbed a tree and wouldn't let go until his parents came and got him. And they were kind of laughing like that was a funny story. And when they told me that story, I thought, you just explained my father to me. It scarred him. Poverty scarred my father. And listen to me. When my dad was at work, it wasn't because he didn't love me. It's because he wanted me to live with a roof over my head and eat meat. When we used to go out to eat, my father used to push. He was like he was a meat pusher. And we would go out to eat, and he'd say, you need to get that steak right there. And I, would, I kept thinking, why, why is he always so interested in meat? Me? Well, when my aunts told me that story, here's what I'm saying. You need to give your parents grace. I never knew. If my father could have died, and I would have never known. Um, your parents were handed baggage. Some of it you know about, some of it you don't know about. But your parents were handed baggage. And that baggage simply means this. If I want mercy, I have to give them mercy. So if I'm going to be set free from the iniquities in my past, there has to come a place where I say, Father, forgive my mother and father. Lord, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing, just like Jesus said on the cross. Forgive them. They don't know what they were doing. So the third thing is, when we're breaking an iniquity, I say, Lord, forgive me. I forgive my mom and dad, whoever. And I submit this area to Jesus Christ. So regarding chauvinism, pride, all, silence, punishing silence, all the dysfunctional things I had in my life, I came to the point, uh, Jesus said in John 16, beautiful, beautiful scripture, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. Beautiful scripture, because you know, he said he'll be with you forever. He'll comfort you, he'll give you power, he'll remind you of me. He'll lead you into all truth. All means A-double-L. It means everything, including everything, excluding nothing. And what it means is the Holy Spirit can teach you anything. He can teach you astrophysics. He can teach you how to cook. He can teach you math. He can teach you how to love your children. The Holy Spirit can teach you anything. So we come to this place in being set free from our past that we say, I'm a chauvinist. Teach me how to love women. And I did. I said, teach me how to be a husband. And that, that's where our marriage ministry came from. Uh, when Karen was about to leave me, I prayed and I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband. And he did. He taught me how to be a husband. And so the fourth thing is you break the spiritual power of that iniquity because it can't have a spiritual power to it. Something that we've done so long that the devil now, you know, we're not, as believers, we're not demon possessed, but there can be a demonic element sometimes to a behavior, anger, you know, abuse, something like that, a substance. There can be something that the devil's put his hooks into 
that we have to deal with. Let me say one other thing about this. This is James 5.16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, there's something in our lives that God wants us to be accountable to. And so when James says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, you might be healed. Sometimes the Lord will just give us that nudge that says, I want you to go get prayer for that. I don't want you to tell everybody, but I want you to go find someone that you trust, someone that's mature and godly. I want you to share that with them. Because in confessing it, there's going to be light that is shown on that area and a level of accountability that you need. So in the area of iniquities, I've never met a Christian person that didn't have at least two or three or eight. (laughs) I had a ton. When you understand this, and, and, and when I teach on this, typically people don't have to go, hmm, I really have to think about that. Typically our minds are just going, well, I think I've got about 80 located right now. You know, so. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, Hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.